Hi there, and welcome to our podcast, That's a Terrible Idea, When Do We Start? I'm Jen Panatoni, and I'll be joined by Tanya Weaver, Executive Director of the American Foundation for Children with AIDS. On this podcast, we're going to talk about how taking risks can lead to amazing growth for ourselves and others. We'll be telling lots of stories about the experiences that have led to the building of this charity and the work that's being done all because of the audacity of those that have put what they know aside in order to step into the unknown and realize their potential to create change in the world. Right off the bat, we're starting with another potentially terrible idea, this podcast. We have no idea what we're doing, and so we hope that you'll join us on this learning journey. Grab a cup of tea or whatever you like to drink, sit back and listen to Tanya and I figure out what the heck we're doing, and hopefully leave here having a couple of laughs and maybe a bit of inspiration to make some changes in the world on your own. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Hey. How are you today? Oh my gosh. What a day. Woo. Like <laughs> what? It sounds like a doozy. It's been a week, man. Oh, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Thank I you feel so like much it. for being flexible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My gosh. Absolutely. We have to be flexible in these situations. And it's crazy. We have to give each other and ourselves a lot of grace because if we don't, we will not have a sustainable, our own sustainable program (laughs) of our life. (laughs) That is the truth. Oh my gosh, this week. Ah, It's just been crazy. But yeah, yeah. I feel you. I just like pre like, so and right now at this time of day here in Chicago, it's, you know, four o'clock and I just picked up Theo. So you and I were kind of going back and forth on when we were going to do this today. And you were saying your day blew up and, um, I picked up the kids, but this is usually like a kind of a hectic time. Cause everybody's getting home. Everybody yeah. wants food. We have homework, we have, you know, activities and I have an appointment. So it's like all crazy. Yeah. But I was like, what better time to connect with Tanya <laughs> to just give ourselves a minute, decompress and like, just have a minute to talk about motherhood and working and, and how we're doing it or not. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes not. And then having to shift everything to midnight because the daytime just was not enough. For sure. Oh, yeah. For this sure. week has been one of those weeks but it's it's all good i guess here we are and i think that we chose a very good topic today (laughs) oh definitely in fact i was like "Hmm, this is kind of like a built-in therapy session so maybe i do need to take a minute i'm like laying down in my bed i told (laughs) the children i have my phone just here on my bosom (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> that's hilarious and then I told the children I'm like I don't care what you need to do Charlie if you trigger anybody you will lose electronics for a week <laughs> I need to be alone for 30 minutes at least if they need help you give them help I do not want anybody asking me for anything goodbye <laughs> oh my gosh and me like I did not expect to have to do a school run this afternoon but the bus never came by for the kids like it didn't show up at the school so oh. Aiden calls me and he goes, mom, do you think you could pick me up? And I'm like, eh, no, 
And he says, uh, the bus didn't come by. So I'm like, oh, man, okay, I'll go. So when I get there, all these other kids are stuck. So I'm calling the parents saying, do you want me to give your kid a ride? So by the time I got home, I got lost dropping some kids off and all that stuff. By the time I got home, I'm like, I got to sit down and talk to Jen. Like, now, wow, where did my day go? You know, and oh, I haven't started sure. dinner, and it's already 5.10 over here. I haven't started dinner, so I told Aiden, we're reversing things tonight. You're going to bathe now because I'm talking to Jen, and we'll eat dinner late, and that's just the way it's going to be. And he's like, all right, no problem. I'm like, don't practice piano. My door is closed. Don't bang. <laughs> so same yeah, thing. For Dude. sure. Oh, oh man. What's Juju up to? Uh, today, she's at a math study group. So that's why I'm not mentioning her. So uh, she's at another place tonight. I'll have to go pick her up in about two, three hours. Yeah. yeah. Nice. She's doing pre calc, man. I can't help her. Pre calc? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't I'm help learning- her. I'm learning math alongside my children now because I had a very broken math, like through, through school. Like I just didn't um, have the best math foundation. So I appreciate that I get to relearn it with my children doing the new math, which is kind of what I kind of did in my head. But anyway, sitting down with Hazel, I mean, it takes us a solid hour for her for us to do our homework with together and then trying to do that on top of, of, um, you know, preparing dinner and Dan is helpful too, but a lot of times because he deals with international teams, he has to stay on late, um, to take calls or really early in the morning to take calls. Right. So it doesn't always align. So it can be hectic, but I think it's just, you know, Yep. being flexible with you know you and I at least and at least we both are in the same situation so we have empathy for each exactly other. exactly like that's that's been awesome to work with other moms like with Betsy sure. and with Michelle it's been fantastic because we have to back each other up and we have to be there for each other and we have to understand that yeah can't plan everything eric got stuck in columbia with covid like he tested positive for covid he's healthy but he got stuck there for 10 extra days so i'm still alone so yeah so all these two hour delays in the morning and all that stuff that goes around that it's me uh, because he's still over there so you know it is what it is but i'm glad i'm surrounded by moms because I don't think that your average dad that works in an office would understand the whole balancing act that it is to raise kids, be present and work. Right. And I don't even know how present I am. (laughs) I try, but I don't think I am. I try. (laughs) One thing that's really helped me since the big, uh, I lost my phone, you know, um, yeah. Two weeks ago, I had to get a new phone and I've been completely locked out of Facebook on my phone. So it's been a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I can't ever check Facebook on my phone. I can only check it on a, on my laptop. So it's added some extra time. I didn't even realize I had, which That's usually cool, actually, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it like that. I do have Instagram on there, but I don't get sucked into Instagram, you know, as much. And, also, um, 
it's just mindless scrolling. Even if I could have that opportunity to catch up with the children while I'm cooking or something, yeah, it makes me more present instead of scrolling. And I've been having better conversations with the kids because of it, you know? Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm just going to keep it off my phone in general and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. uh, be more present. And when I'm more present, the kids, they all, they actually put their devices down too. Well, and they come hang makes out sense. with me. It makes sense yeah. to them. You know, if the parent isn't stuck on it, then there must be something more important out there to do, right? Exactly. So, no, I think it's good for everybody. It is. I, I took Facebook off my phone as well because too many people communicate with me that way. Yeah, same. So mm-hmm. I have from Africa, I've got WhatsApp, Facebook, text, phone, email, um, and it's just too much. I've got all these bings going on all day long and I can't even focus on anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this one off. I'll only use it on a laptop when I'm there. At least that's gone. And I don't even follow Instagram. I can't. It's, I know the world revolves around Instagram right now, but I just don't have it in me. And I never understood Twitter. Right. No, I know. Right. (laughs) They all have their specialties of things, but it's like too much there's too much knowledge. Like I don't need to know all that stuff. Now I've been waking up in the morning and I do just have the news kind of read to me, like the, the big highlights of the day while I'm making lunches in the morning. But, um, you know, just to, so people aren't like, there's a couple of times where I've been so out of touch with, with what's going on. Everybody's like, Oh my gosh, you know, there was like a huge volcano. I'm like, I had no idea. I you know, know me too. Somebody so said like, something. I should know. <laughs> I should know if, you know, there's a, a massive meteor that hit the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm with you. Or if there's going to be snow the next day and I should prepare to take my kids to school. I should know these things. Yeah, right. no, I don't. Somebody said no. to me something about, you know, how the West Coast is washing away because of this volcano. And I'm like, what? And then, <laughs> and then he goes. You know, the volcano I mean, out of Congo. The volcano, it's horrible, no, but it's I'm horrible, like, I just but don't... the way he said it, you know, and then I go, what volcano? And he goes, the one in Congo. And I go, what? The volcano in Congo erupted again? Because it erupted like two years ago. And I yeah. go, wait, how did a volcano in Congo bring a tsunami to the West Coast? And he goes, I don't know. That's what the news said. And I'm like, but Congo's landlocked. <laughs> He goes, that's crazy. Meant, he goes, I meant yeah. Tongo. I meant Tongo, not Congo. Tongo. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, you're saying Pacific Island? He goes, yes. I'm like, got it. My mind's that in makes Africa. A lot more sense. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, what in the world would a volcano in Goma have to do with the West Coast? So I don't even right. have the news, much less getting them straight from some friends. <laughs> For sure. And there's also probably. There's a capacity to where, do you ever feel like with everything with AFCA to, I mean, like, do you ever feel like you have to maybe protect yourself from hearing so much bad news just because you're kind of dealing with a lot of oh, yeah. things that could be kind of, um, you know, sad. Uh, or just sad or just like weighing on your soul and heart, you know, it's kind of like at some point you just kind of go into this protective, you know, thing. That's what I've done in the past 100%. too, where it's 100%. like, I, 
I have to somehow protect myself from yeah. without being completely oblivious, but there's only so much the human spirit can handle before you're like, I don't want this totally ruining my outlook. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Right? That's actually why I stopped watching news because our reality with what we do is just so immersed in sad you know, like that's yeah, why that's we exist. Sure. That's why we're there, you know, and to then yeah. hear of another famine and another volcano and another earthquake. I just sit there and I go, oh, my gosh. Plus, then, of course, I start thinking and there goes all our donations <laughs> because yeah. AIDS gets the shaft every single time a tsunami yeah. hits. All donations for AIDS organizations stops, you know, well, or people have a. There's People always really so have much a short term uh, memory, you know, they, they have a short term attention span, you know? Well, yeah. That plus, you know, only so many funds. So when you've got the bigger organizations putting out commercials every five minutes to help in this other thing, everybody shifts that way. And I'm like, no, don't forget about the children. So, right. yeah. So I just, I'm like, I have to stop watching all these news and getting depressed because you sure. can't help everybody as much as I would love to. Right. But being a mom makes you feel like you should help everybody. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think my personality, Julia and I were, did like this little personality test and we're apparently what's called an empath. So we really feel people and their pain and we want to help. And people just walk up to us and tell us their life story and their problems. Eric laughs. He's always like, gosh, it's like you have counselor on your forehead. I go to the grocery store and somebody will stop me and just start telling me about their life. And I'm like, okay how can I help you here? So yeah, it's, it's a lot going on in the world. So many people are hurting. So yeah, I just don't watch I, the I news. Agree. Don't watch the news. Just try to be kind. That's all I can do. Right. You right. Know? Without getting too far off of like your own objectives, objectives and like mission and what you want to do with AFCA, because like you, there has to be some kind of focus, right? We have um, to. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, it's too easy to just go everywhere. Sure. Yeah. I wanted so what, to ask you. Oh, yeah. So I have, I wanted to ask you, um, when did you decide to become a mom? Mm. Hmm. When did I decide? I don't know if like, I made a conscious decision. I think I always wanted to adopt a lot of kids. Like that was going to be my thing in my mind growing up. I said, oh, I'll adopt a lot of kids. But um, then we didn't adopt any and we only had two. Um, I don't know. I, I never thought of a time that I wouldn't want to be a mom, but I just waited until I was older. Like I didn't have Julia till I was 35. Yeah. Yeah. I, I We decided to see the world first and you know, hang out and do the most that we could out there and then have the kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. What Dan about you? And I didn't really, we didn't really have a, a, a plan. We knew we didn't want to die without children to take care of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And we like, we would daydream of like having these adult children that would be, you know, in our lives. And we, you know, 
having those relationships with those adults in the future. But like we, I think we were never really super excited about the time suck that parenting (laughs) would be, you know, we, we were like, we never did get to really travel as much as we wanted to. And then one day Dan and I went to a White Sox game because Dan is a pretty big White Sox fan. And we were at, there was like a bar you would park your car at and we had lunch there and a beer. And I remember us kind of just looking at each other and this was after we were married, not too long, but we just basically said, let's, you know, let's, let's agree to stop preventing and let's try and, you know, uh, make a go of it because we, I mean, there's no good time. So we just like spit in our hands and we shook our hand (laughs) (laughs) and did like a pact, a pact to start parenting at some point and just like, you know, yeah, not actively trying, but not, you know, not not stopping it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, no, we, no, 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 I'm just trying to think. We certainly didn't make a pact, but we, we were in Afghanistan when we decided to get pregnant. And I I actually took a pregnancy test in Pakistan when we were there for vacation. Who vacations in Pakistan when you've left Afghanistan? That's funny. But um, (laughs) I know, right? And when we lived in Kyrgyzstan, we decided to go vacation and volunteer our time in Afghanistan. So yeah, very, very odd little vacation spots we choose. But yeah, it was in Pakistan that I was that I confirmed that I was pregnant. But we, yeah, huh. that's great. We didn't yeah, have a timeline like really. To hear those stories. <laughs> I love hearing how people met, and I love how people, you know, I love yeah. hearing birth stories. I love hearing um, that motherhood experience of birth and all of that other stuff. Obviously, I think it's just like you know, write a passage we all share and make uh, women feel more um, connected, you know? Yeah. How did you meet Dan? We met at a, a show. A band was playing at a place called The Bottom Lounge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that place no longer exists because it was knocked down for, like, one of our CTA-like expansions, but... Um, when we were getting married, the priest had kind of interviewed us to figure out, you know, our story. And so he had worked <laughs> that into the mass is like, when you meet at the bottom lounge, there's nowhere to go, but up. And we were just like nice. laughing, you know, that we met at this total dive to see, we saw a band, um, there and we met, we were not there together, but Dan was playing because Dan was in a punk band. Oh, really? Called Pistol Punch, and he opened for the other band. Um, That's hilarious. So I kept I kept going to see this band, even though I did not like their music at all. Just to <laughs> hope I would run into Dan again. Oh, and that's great. Yeah, so that's how we met. And you how guys long met ago? Working. Yeah, but how long oh, ago? How long was ago? That? Yeah. Um, we've been married 14 years and we dated a year before we got engaged and, um, we got engaged. Uh, I had, uh, Dan had surprised me with a trip, uh, to London to visit my best friend who was living there. Oh, Um, wow. Her name's Maura. And, um, 
So he took me to London and then planned a side trip for us. We took um, the channel or the Aerostar, the fast speed train to Paris mm-hmm. for the weekend. And um, he asked me to marry him there. And I had zero idea that oh. this was going to happen. And it's really funny because we have pictures of um, us in Paris. And I didn't know that he was kind of looking for the right moment all day. We were just like at the farmer's market and walking the city. And we didn't go into like the Eiffel Tower or anything because it was just too touristy. And mm-hmm. and I see in the pictures just, you know, every time there was a moment where it was kind of romantic, I would ruin it. <laughs> and... <laughs> So we were by the Arc de Triomphe and he and kind of like a park below it. And he was like, Oh wow, isn't this a beautiful park? I'm like, does it smell like pee to you? Oh, it smells like gosh. pee everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> so he just kept like I just kept ruining every moment. And then at one point, and I also had bronchitis and I'm barking, mm-hmm. coughing, coughing, coughing. You know, we're trying to um find NyQuil. But the French, they like, you know, they're smoking and they're drink. They're like, have a lozenge, you know. <laughs> I'm like, where's your blue NyQuil? I'm American. <laughs> and uh, so um, we go back to our tiny hotel. He, Dan's like, take a shower, relax. And I and um, when I came out of the shower uh, in like a tiny hand towel. <laughs> He and we'll probably and we may have to edit this out, but he was like, Will you marry me? I'm like, Yeah, he's like, Will you marry me? He had a full suit on, Tanya. He had a full suit. He had Louis Armstrong playing. He had a ring on this silver tray in this beautiful French hotel. And I you're wearing coughing and trying to cover up with a small (laughs) hand towel. (laughs) Oh, he's so sweet. What a romantic. He is. He's super romantic, but it's very like on uh, on par for us, you know, for us that, to have like this funny yeah. story. I think where uh-huh. I'm somehow being a goofball because, like, I just feel <laughs> without even meaning to. Here you walk right. out. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had. Um, we still laugh, but there's lots of laughing, and obviously that's what gets us through all of these crazy hard times and mm. yeah, all of that's the stress cool, of everyday life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but, funny. Um, and then you guys met when you were we were in Romania. Romania. Yeah, yeah. it was funny. We met with Habitat for Humanity, so we met in Transylvania. And no way. Yeah. And it's so funny because we're both from Pennsylvania and it took us to go all the way to Romania for to meet. So there was three of us. Jeremy, who works on our website, who does all of our web design. He yeah. was Eric's roommate in Romania. And yeah. we've been friends That's since simple. then. Mm-hmm. So many, many years ago. And how did he like what what happened? that day that you met like oh we were just friends the three of us were friends um we hung out a lot and stuff but you know then eric and i started dating and then um then i got sent to portugal (laughs) and 
I, I, I had, you know, like I, I spoke Portuguese, so they sent me to Portugal to help set up a project there. And I'm like, what's going on? How's this going to work? Because they wouldn't send Eric over because we weren't um, married. If we'd been married, of course, they'd move us together. But dating, they're like, no, we're not going to just move somebody over. So I was in Portugal when, and it was like day four, five, I was told that I was going to go back to Romania to help set up a smaller project. And then I'd come back to Portugal. So that was the idea. So when I came back to Romania, Eric asked me to marry him in the Carpathian mountains. We went out for a picnic. And so that was sweet. Um, <laughs> I ended up drinking um, juice that had pineapple in it. And I'm very allergic to pineapple. And I ended up scratching and itching against trees. It was just, oh. I was miserable. <laughs> I was miserable. But anyway, it was, it was a nice evening, nice day. Uh, so we got engaged and then um, I went back to um, Portugal. And honestly, I think the day after I returned, we got a call saying, uh, do you think that Eric could come and move over to Portugal? Because our construction manager just left. So he ended up being able to move. So it was cool. So he ended up coming over to Portugal as well. So we were there together. Yeah. Oh, wow. then that worked out perfectly. Then. It worked out perfectly. And then my parents and his parents came uh, so that my, I could meet my future in-laws. And we hung out for a couple weeks, fell in love with them too. And Eric got along great with my parents as well. And the rest is history. Came back to the States uh, for a couple weeks, got married, and went off to Russian school. <laughs> Talk Russian about school. Russian school to learn Russian because we were being sent to Kyrgyzstan. So how do you wow. like them apples? Get married, and then two weeks later, you're in immersed in Russian. Like nobody would even speak to us in English. It was the worst way to learn a language in a school setting. It was horrible. So we did that for seven weeks in Chicago. And horrible we must have effective though. Was it effective? It was not effective at all because oh. Russian, of course, is in Cyrillic. So it's a yeah. completely different alphabet. And they gave us a book a hundred percent in Cyrillic. So we couldn't even follow an instruction. We didn't know what it was saying. And the teacher's just standing there talking to us in Russian. We're like, wow. we, we don't even know what you, are you saying? Hello? Are you saying my name is like, we had no idea what she was saying and that she would teach us for like four hours. And then another teacher would come in and we'd have another four hours and we'd have to eat lunch with them. We didn't understand anything. So, um, it was rough and I would just sit in class and cry. I'm just like, I can't do it. It was two of us, Eric and me, we couldn't hide. So finally, the teacher started speaking to us in English and explaining. I think she lost a job because of that. But then we learned a little bit and um, we were able to go to Kyrgyzstan. And then we were immersed with a phenomenal teacher who would take us to the market, who would take us to the school, who would take us out for walks. And that's how we learned. Even though it was 100% in Russian, it wasn't all book-based. It was immersion 100%, but it was effective. Yeah. So it was cool, but so neat. it well, was a so rough cool, start though, too. That's so cool that you would have that experience though with Eric right after you're getting married. I mean, 
after you got married, it just would be so cool to have this experience together. But I guess that's kind of how you guys always were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you what, our teacher, she was amazing. Her name is Galina. Amazing woman from Siberia. She adored Eric. So she'd walk in and Eric would be sitting on the sofa with no homework done. A book across his head, leaning back. And she'd go, Eric, did you do your homework? And he'd go, no, I was busy. She goes, oh, poor Eric. What are you doing? I'm learning by osmosis. Oh, ha, ha, ha. She'd laugh. She'd think he was cute. She'd go, Tanya, did you do a homework? And I'd go, I did about 99% of it. I couldn't finish the last question. She goes, ah, Tanya, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and she goes, Tanya, Eric, very, very busy. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, poor Eddie. I mean, she, was she just pulling your, she was just pulling your chain or like. No. She was real. <laughs> she was for real, man. Oh my gosh. And Eric would just turn around and look at me and smile. And she'd be like, oh. What a stinker. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He knew what he was. Would- doing of course he did he's got beautiful blue eyes of course he got away with things yeah <laughs> so funny it was funny but yeah well, we have more in common i loved hearing these stories i've never heard before and we have like some more things in common that i even thought i thought i was gonna i grew up wanting to adopt children and not have my own children actually really yeah I did not know and that. i talked to dan about it when we got married and I didn't think um, it would be so easy for me to conceive, but also ever since I was a, a child, and my mom will tell you that I told her um, that I never wanted to have my own children, and she'd say, "Why?" I said, "Because why waste a child? I would. No. I wanted. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to." make sure that everybody had, um, a parent, you know, of course, of course. And so I wanted to adopt, but then I did get pregnant with Charlie relatively quickly. And then we had thought, well, maybe we'll have one of our own and then we'll adopt. And then, um, it just, it, parenting was a lot harder for me than I thought it was going to be. And I just, you know, like, with working and everything else, it's really hard to feel yeah. like you'd be a good um, advocate for adoption or, you know, to have a, a, an adopted child in the home, um, whether or not you're really there enough for them, you know, right. but, you know, this way I feel like I'm kind of work with working with AFCA that I'm kind of fulfilling that that itch that I've had by mm-hmm. just taking care of children that yeah. it's important to me to, um, and even more so after having my own and seeing what they have yeah. and, um, wanting that for everybody, you know, a hundred percent. Eric always says to me, if I ever say like, ah, oh, man, we never adopted. He always says, Tanya, but you have a million kids. It's all exactly. good. So <laughs> it's not quite the same, but it is, it is nice to have a job with a purpose and yeah. Oh, so, so much. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I loved hearing these stories and I think that we will have to like talk more about these 
and how mothering and working go side by side and, um, you know, like this flexibility, I just don't think I would be able to work without it. <laughs> no, no, I could not do this job if, I, if it was not flexible like this. And it's awesome, you know, to be able to do both. Right. Sometimes I feel a little stretched, but um, yeah, I just, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't no, trade I it. wouldn't either. And mm-hmm. I love it. But I hope that you have a wonderful dinner tonight. <laughs> I better go make do. dinner. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm making yet. Oh, I think gosh. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some like turkey meatballs that I got from Costco. There you go. I think that's what we're making. I made a whole fish last night. Oh, yum! With Theo, I made a whole red snapper. Was it delish? It was really good. However, I still need to get the deboning thing because I swallowed a bone <gasps> and like a really skinny, thin one. Did it hurt to go all the way down? And so I really went through it to make sure the kids weren't going to get any bones. No kidding. Theo was obsessed with it. <laughs> Dan, Dan dared me to eat the eyeball. Oh, and, did you? And it's supposed to be very nutritious and so I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to try it because in a lot of cultures, they do eat the eyeballs. Yep. So I threw it in my mouth, but I was not anticipating that it would be, it would be, it's gelatinous on the outside, but when you bite down, it's like a rock yeah. and it scared, it scared me and I spit it out like across the room. <laughs> I was like, ah! I was not, I was not anticipating there to be a hard anything in it. Yeah. And so it scared me and I, and I lost it, but I'm like, I need to, I need to get a bigger, a better spine and be able to, <laughs> you know, eat something that I'm not super comfortable with and, you know, not show the discomfort on my face, you know, <laughs> especially if we're in a place where we're trying other cultures foods, which I'm usually very, but like the eyeball or I know you've eaten all kinds of crazy things. And that's like a whole nother episode, but that's, that's our next episode. Yeah. All the gross things you've eaten. Perfect. We'll do it. Traveling. Perfect. I got some stories. (laughs) I believe it. All right. Then till next time, my friend. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's this week's episode of that's a terrible idea. When do we start? We hope that you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoy hitting record. Please make sure that you like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pods, and a review would absolutely make our day. Share this pod with your friends and family and spread hope with us. You can learn more about AFCA's work, donate, volunteer, or go on a transformative journey of your own at www.afcades.org. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and thanks for listening.